ever just get stir crazy? Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. In what regard? Like, I want to leave this house, or? Well, today, I was sitting on the couch watching TV, like I do on my days off, and I was just like, I need to get outside. So, I went, and I drove, and I parked my car, and then I walked eight miles. Pretty good. Distance. How long did that take you? Two hours. And like five minutes. But it was a little over eight miles. It was probably like 8.25 or something like that. And then you picked me up. When I got off work. And then we immediately went and purchased alcohol. So. Yeah. It seems like a pretty normal thing. Hiking and alcohol. And working. Um, I saw a ton of people. Not a ton, but a decent number of people. And I was shocked at the number of people who did not wave or say hi. Ithaca is a very grumpy town. No, I always have people say hi, but I don't understand. Isn't it the rule of thumb that you're supposed to just wave and say hi to anybody you see on a trail? More or less. Wave, not so much. You well, just acknowledge them. Right. Nobody was acknowledging me. You do like the the guy head nod. Nobody did that. Um, yeah. I saw a flattened bowl. Like, it was flattened. Flattened. Somebody hit it with the bike. I was wondering, I was like, how does it? someone step on it? Because voles are super speedy. So it didn't make sense to me. But you might be right. They might have run over it with a bike. Although that doesn't flatten it out, I wouldn't imagine. Because when you run over, like, a cat, it's not flat. Yeah, but it might have been repeatedly run over. Hmm. (laughs) Anything new for you this week? I can't say so. At least I don't think so. Anything, I don't think anything new happened since uh, last Friday. Spoiler alert, we're recording the day before we release this. Oh, yeah. We stay up until, like, 1 in the morning, editing it right after we record it. It's a fun time. I was thinking, what happens when we're recording and it's summer and we have to be under this fleece blanket? We'll purchase new microphones by then, probably. You think so? That's coming. You know, it was, like, 50 today. You said you wanted to wait till Christmas to get new microphones. No, right? I was joking. I just want someone else to pay for them. Hashtag sponsor. Yeah. Please send us money. <laughs> just kidding. But do. Anything new happened with you? Besides my eight mile hike today? Hmm. My sister's coming tomorrow. Which is exciting. That's part of the reason we went to the liquor store so that we can provide libations for my sister and her girlfriend. Only part of the reason, though. Only part of the reason. No? Yeah. We didn't buy anything for ourselves, per se. Like, we bought stuff that we'll also drink with them, but we didn't buy anything that we're drinking tonight. You don't know. I mean, who knows? We can drink a bo- we can drink that bottle of wine tonight. That's true. Yeah, so we're uh, officially meeting... My sister's new girlfriend, which is very exciting. 
Shout out to Abby and Sarah. Hey. Sarah doesn't listen to this. But yeah, we're actually doing something social this weekend, so that's fun. We did something social yesterday. What did we do? Wilson came. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Wilson. Alex's friend from home visited us. That was fun. We saw Shazam. Mm-hmm. What did you think of it? I loved it. I thought it was lighthearted in the right ways without trying too hard. Not like a... Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok was lighthearted, trying too hard. What about Ant-Man and the Wasp or just Ant-Man? I didn't think Ant-Man and the Wasp was all that fun. You liked a couple parts. Did I? I don't remember. When he was like... Not super small, but not big either. When he was like, Oh, yeah, yeah, and running around with the sweatshirt yeah. and his arms not coming out. Yeah, okay, that was funny. No, I liked it a lot. I liked Zachary Levi. I liked Chuck. What did you think of it? It was good. Um, I liked the DC, so um, it was good to see them have another movie that wasn't, you know, totally awful. Yeah, they killed it with Wonder Woman. They killed it with Shazam. Aquaman was pretty good. Did that get good ratings? It was like 60% Rotten Tomatoes. That's not great. It's still certified fresh. Uh, certified fresh. If you use Rotten Tomatoes as your indicator. I don't always agree with them. They thought the witch, witch, whatever, was amazing, and I did not think that was amazing. I don't know. What you sipping on as you take a sip and I interrupt you? Liquid Crush from Liquid State Brewing Company. Nice. I like their label a lot. It's like a... It's like... Glacier? Something? I don't know. It's water-based, but it's in a very graphic design kind of way. It's neat. What are you drinking? I'm drinking another graft cider. I'm drinking Lost Tropic Hot Mimosa Cider, which is one of my favorites of graft. I think it's also like the first graft that you ever had. It was the first graft that I ever had. This was like, I think the first drink. This was maybe the first cider I ever had after I was gluten-free. Like, after I was diagnosed intolerant. But it's yummy. It's um, it's like f- fruity and dry at the same time. It says it has citra hops, Vic hops, grapefruit zest, and orange zest. But it's nice because I love hops, so it has that element, and it's it's nice. I like it a lot. And it's one of their cheaper ones. What are you looking for? My iPhone. I don't know. What do you need it for? In case we need to be able to read our notes. I yeah, I printed our notes for this week, and I printed them on a paper that was lacking ink. So... It's we not will ideal. Do our best. Yep. Yep, yep. And if anything sounds incorrect about either of us. Ah! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! That's such a bad spider. That's such a Where? bad spider. It's behind it. my cup. It's behind the class. Oh my god. Oh my god. Babe, help. There's nothing I can do about that. I you don't... need to. It is so ugly and so bad. Callie's chasing it. She'll eat it. No, she will not. And we're back. That was terrifying and we had to stop recording so alex could take care of that spider i'm super scared of spiders one time i was walking along a creek and this giant spider 
crawled out from under a rock and I threw up a little bit, like on the ground. I was so scared. This one that was next to me by the class was so bad. It was so big. How are we going to move on from this? I need... <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you for getting it. In case you're wondering, he put it outside. He didn't kill it. All right. You ready for a story? Yeah, finally going first this time. <sighs> Okay, my story takes place in Macedonia. So, Alex. Yeah, Alex. Agreed. For Macedonia. Good one. So, Alex. Macedonia or Macedonia want to hear my story? <laughs> I thought of that on my hike today. It's not written in the notes. No. Well, it's good. Macedonia or Macedonia? Don't. Oh. All right, episode over. Okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. Macedonia, which I had to like look up, I didn't know where it was located. It's kind of by Greece. In case you didn't know that, like me. So, Flato Tanesky was born in 1952. Um, 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 his parents were known to be disciplinarians, and he had a pretty tough relationship with his mother in particular. He studied journalism in Croatia and eventually spent over 20 years as a journalist in Macedonia. Um, in 2002, his father committed suicide, and months later, his mother accidentally overdosed on medication. Do we know it was an accidental overdose? That's what everybody said. Between the time, uh, between the time that his father committed suicide and his mother died, he his strained relationship with his mother got even worse. But then she passed away from overdosing, and he continued on. And How old is he at this point? Um, fifty. Okay, for some reason. In the math, you said like he was born in like the 50s or something? 52. Yeah, for some reason in my head, it was like he was going to be like an impressionable young kid, but that doesn't make sense, 50s to 2000. No. So that's a little bit about him. Kind of an ordinary life. Not great relationship with his parents, but... And his, you know, his parents had unfortunate endings to their lives. But mm -hmm. other than that, you know, he was a normal run-of-the-mill guy. And he's going to be the center of our story. But before we get more into him, I want to tell you about a case that was going on in Macedonia during these years. In the early 2000s, there were a series of murders that were happening in northern Macedonia. The first victim that was found was named Mitra Sim Simjanosk. Simjanoska. Sure, let's go with the second one. It sounds more like Simjanoska. It's not Greek. Yeah, but I don't know. By like Albania and stuff too. I don't know. It's like Eastern European kind of sounding stuff. But anyway, I try my best. 
She was age 64 and was a professional house cleaner. She disappeared November 16th, 2004 after going to the grocery store. She was found January 12th, 2005, and she was found dismembered in a garbage bag. I mean, in a garbage dump in a plastic bag. All of her parts were in one bag? Yeah. <laughs> Not, a hefty bag. Yeah, it's a hefty bag. Not so fun fact. There was an image of this. You saw it? I saw it. I was FaceTiming with my sister when I was, my other sister Ellen, when I was researching. And I was like, oh, look, a dead body. And she's like, what? And I was like, I'm researching. And there's a picture of a dead body. And she's like, no, there's not. And I was like, yeah, there is. And she's like, you looked at it? I was like, yeah, well, it's there. It's kind of hard to tell because it's through plastic, but still. Mm -hmm. When they looked into her condition more, they had found that she had been raped, beaten, and strangled with a phone cable before she died. Well, yeah. Um, two men had recently been found guilty for murdering a man in the area, and therefore were the prime suspects for this murder. And Tineski, the guy that I mentioned before, Vlado, was working with the police and attended the trial of these two men to write the stories. So those two men were found guilty. Was he a journalist? Yeah, I said that. Did you? Yeah. Remember, he went to journalism school and over 20 years as a journalist? Right, in Croatia. Yep. Um, So he attended the trial, and at this trial, the two men were found guilty for this murder. The next murder... That happened in this area was Lubica Likoska. And I did look that one up because it was spelled LJ. And I was like, how you say LJ? Lubica. No, it's Lubica. Lubica. Lubica Likoska. Lubica. Gotta say what though. The jowls. I don't have the jowls. She was age 56 and also was a house cleaner. She disappeared November 2007 after going to buy groceries as well and was found February 3rd, 2008. So that was like three months. Yeah. November, December, January. Yeah. Three-ish. She was also strangled, bound, tortured, beaten, and raped and had been stabbed 13 times in the head. And when they found her in February on February 3rd, she had only been dead a couple days. They, you said she was strangled and also? No, uh, yeah. Phone cord? They didn't say for this one. Dead a couple days. That's three months of her being gone. Mm-hmm. Yikes. And she was tortured and raped and beaten. But for mean, three months. They find signs of like starvation or was she being kept well fed? They didn't mention anything about starvation. It just said that like her body was in bad shape in mm-hmm. terms of like injuries. She was 56. Um, again, Vlado Tineski worked with the police and wrote about this crime in great detail with them and kind of like followed them along and helped them try to figure out what was happening. The next woman was Zivana Temelkoska. Temelkoska? See, the ska, that's like Russian, right? Yeah. Ish. Although, like, Polska is Polish. It's just like, yeah, Eastern European stuff. So, 
Zivana was age 65, and she was also a house cleaner. Do they all work for the same company? By any happen chance? No. But he was really taking them to the cleaners. Oh. <laughs> she disappeared May 7th, 2008. And for this story, Tineski was also working with the police, and he reported that he found out that she was lured into a car by two men that said her son was injured and needed her to go to the hospital with them. This time. I mean, obviously it seems like he's going to be the killer. Well, yeah. That's just like, how do you get that information? Yeah, that was the, that was the straw that broke the camel's back in terms of the police. Yeah, because if she's the only person that would have, in theory, heard this unless he contacted yeah. one of the murderers yeah. somehow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then there was an additional person, Gorica Pavleska, who was a 73-year-old retired cleaner and went missing on May 30th, 2003, um, but she was never found, just thought to be linked to the other ones. Okay. So, like, I, like you figured and like i said um that last bit of information that Tineski gave the police when he was doing his report was really fishy to them because like you said yeah you wouldn't know unless you talked to her and she is dead now so yeah. or if you got really lucky and just talked to some guy and was like yeah i killed him or killed her and right so yeah so he had this detail. The police were kind of questioning it. But Tineski was like living the life. He was like the most famous journalist in Macedonia. His stories were super detailed. They were like right after the crime happened. Uh, he was really popular in his town. Everyone thought it was the, like the greatest column and mm -hmm. they were constantly praising him. And it was, you know, he was getting such notoriety. But the police started to think that maybe he knew details that he shouldn't and he knew details about the crimes that they didn't release to the public or to the press so he thought the police thought that he knew the killer understandable i guess yeah um one of the details besides you know that weird conversation about the son being in the hospital mm -hmm. that he knew was he knew that the killer used telephone cord. They never mentioned in the paper that it was telephone cord. Um, they just said that they were strangled with a cord. Yeah. And he knew that it was telephone cord. And he said in one of his columns that for Zivana, the last, yeah, the last victim, that the telephone cord used to strangle her was the same cord that was used to tie up the body bags. It was the same piece. Oh, oh, the same piece. Okay. Yeah, the same piece. Right. Also in these columns, which made him popular in the town, was he was kind of edgy in that he was writing about these and working with the police. But in all of his columns, he was kind of hating on the police, saying that they were not doing a good job and that their suspects were illogical and it didn't make any sense to go along with the murders. So he was constantly criticizing them. But he's fine just writing about him, getting the notoriety. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. 
And he also was constantly questioning the member, family members of the victims, asking for details about their lives and things like that. So the police finally have enough. They're like, this guy's got to know more than he's letting on. So they bring him into the station for further questioning. When they bring him into the station, they get a DNA sample because that's what you do, you know? So they get a DNA sample from him, and luckily when this is all taking place, we're in the 2000s, so our DNA technology is there, which some of the stories we've gone over, it's like, they didn't have DNA testing. Oh, it's raining. Enjoy the cool tones of rain hitting a a roof (laughs) as you listen. Who needs one of those, like, uh, white noisemakers that has a rain version when you have our podcast with rain in the background? Um, so they get this DNA, they get a DNA sample from Tineski, and it turns out, no surprise to us, that the DNA sample matches the semen from the different crime scenes. Because they had all been raped. I just, like, do people not realize that, at least in the 2000s, that DNA is a thing? I mean, understandably, in, like, the 30s yeah, or the 40s or something, they're like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'll just leave my DNA wherever because I don't know what that is. If I were a male killer, I'd use a condom, probably. Right? You'd think. Well, I, he didn't. He must have been so cocky about this that... He just didn't care. Yeah. I don't know. So his DNA matches the semen. And on June 20th, 2008, he is arrested. It turns out that all of the women, all of the victims, knew his mother, likely. This is a thought. They don't know for sure, but they likely all knew his mother. Especially because his mother was also a cleaner, so they were probably in the same circles. Mm-hmm. And the three women even look like his mom. Interesting. Do they ever go into believing that he possibly killed his mother? That she accidentally overdosed? I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think of that. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I mean, obviously, there's no way to prove that at this point. Unless he confesses to it. Well, I didn't think of it, so he doesn't confess to it. Spoiler. Wow. Wow. My mind just, like, blew up. Hmm. So, yeah, obviously, he's got deep-seated issues with his mom, and all of these victims are kind of surrogates for her, since she's already dead at this point. But, I mean, I think it's pretty clear to say that his mom dying, whether he did it or not, was the trigger for all of this. Sure, yeah. When the police go to his house to look through things, they find, um, like, violent pornographic material, ropes, the telephone cords that match those used for the victims, and they found a bunch of objects that belonged to the victims, so they were very confident that they had the right guy. So he was charged with the murder of the first two women... Um, they were working on charging him for the third, though. But okay. at, at the beginning, he was charged with the first two. And everyone in the town is completely in shock. No one suspected this at all. 
They said his personality was not like that. People called him gentle and quiet, and his wife said that they had an ideal marriage and that they were married for 31 years. The editor-in-chief said, I knew him as an exceptionally quiet man, and I would never believe that he is capable of doing something like that. So everyone is just dumbfounded that mm-hmm. this happened. And the police are planning to charge him with a third murder and question him about the disappearance of Gorica Pavleska. But on June 23rd, 2008, so this is three days after he was arrested, he was found dead in his jail cell. And his head was in a bucket of water. They suspect suicide, I assume. Yep, so they suspect suicide. Um, But then some people are like, is it suicide? Because he shared a cell with two other people. And it's kind of hard to drown in a bucket of water. I mean, you can, right? But like... That's what they say. It's a weird thing. Like, it's not a normal thing to drown in a bucket of water. Quietly. So maybe his cellmates were like, this guy's killed three old ladies. Not having it. But I don't know. So, um, they rule it as a suicide. One of the sources I looked at said that in the cell there was a note that said, I did not commit these murders. But I didn't find any other source other than the one that said that. So, that's probably not true, but maybe. I really tried to find another Mm -hmm. one that said that. But that would, like, go along with the suicide theory. Yeah. But, I don't know. But, I mean, there's also some killers or people kill themselves before they get charged with anything because then they're then they're like innocent yeah or they're like beating the system or whatever yeah and then the victim's families will never get closure on that either well he was charged for the first two Mm -hmm. but unfortunately since he died like you say there's no closure the police didn't get the full details on any of the crimes um, because he didn't actually go through his trial. He was charged with it, but he didn't, he wasn't found guilty. When he got charged with those, the first two, did those other two guys not, then like get acquitted on those charges? Yeah. Um, and the other, the other really sad thing is that since he died, nobody ever found out what happened to the fourth woman who went, who disappeared. Yeah. So... Literally, Macedonia has no idea what happened to her. Which, if it goes along at all with the lines of the one woman, and I really hope that this isn't the case, but it's possible that she was, like, being held somewhere. And then can you imagine if she just dies because she's dying there by herself? (sighs) I mean... In some ways, that might be a better death than... You think so? Being strangled, starving uh, to death versus being, like, strangled I don't know. I don't know. But I told you yesterday that I found out halfway through my research that this case is often linked to one of the ones that we already talked about in terms of themes. Uh-huh. Do you know which one? Lipstick. No. Then no. People writing about their own crimes. Oh. Yeah. Darius. Poland. 
Yeah, people and, uh, put these... Christian Bala. Yeah. People put these two cases together when they talk about, like, you know, people that kind of thing. they were too smart. Yeah. Where they, like, don't think they'll get caught, so they write about it in great detail, and that's what gets them in the end. Because they share one detail they shouldn't have. Yeah. So I, uh... Yeah, a bunch of the articles I was reading, they kept mentioning Christian Bala, and I was like, oh. I know that. Yeah, I guess this is pretty similar, but it's, yeah. So that's my story. Um, You ready for another story? You don't have a dumb joke to go with yours? Macedonia or Macedonia? No. <laughs> Just that my person was born on an unfortunate date. Friday the 13th? No. February 29th? No. Uh, July 4th? No. Mary Beth Rowe. R-O-E? R-O-E. Wait, is that like fish eggs? Yeah. Was born September 11th, 1942. Okay, but it wasn't unfortunate back then. No, but it's still unfortunate. I knew somebody who was born on September 11th. 2001? Mm, no, but like... Oh, no, wait. They were before it was... I Never did. mind. I used, can I just intervene for a second? I used to not close my eyes when the clock said 9-11 because I thought if I closed my eyes, something bad would happen. Did you close your eyes in 2001? I don't, I don't know. But after that, I was like, if I close my eyes right now, something bad's going to happen. I can close my eyes now. But like when my bedtime was nine and I was like. hours will be 9-11. Yeah. If, well, yeah, I'll keep my eyes open. But when my bedtime was nine, I just couldn't fall asleep until after 9-11. Yeah, I was a weird kid. So she was born September 11, 1942 in Dwaynesburg, New York. Where's that? Mm, I didn't measure the exact distance, but it's west of Schenectady. Okay. It's a fun word to say also. Schenectady? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not much was known about her early life, at least not, not a lot was recorded about her early, life's, early life, but by most accounts, she was an average student in high school. Oh, she, she's... This is... Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's like a big jump. There's not a lot about her early, okay. early life. Um, so, yeah, she's pretty average in high school. Just is okay grades. Doesn't cause too much trouble. Um, once she graduated, she bounced around with random jobs until uh, she landed as a job as a nursing assistant at Ellis Hospital in Schenectady. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I guess average life so far. That sounds like my life. Not the nursing assistant, but bouncing around. Not, not making waves as a kid? No. I think I was above average in terms of high school performance, but... Um, Mary Beth was 21 when she met her future husband, Joe Tinning, in 1963. They met on a blind date. From what I can gather, Mary Beth's father um introduced her and joe because joe and mary Beth's father worked at the same ge ge plant so i I assume that's how the connection was made got it that's not common it's usually the mom that's introducing no you don't usually have your parents setting you up i feel like well well, i guess maybe i was gonna say like the stereotypical like jewish mother like introducing people (laughs) introducing boys to her or like indian yeah 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 um, they dated a few for a few months, and then when they say few months, it's actually like closer to like two years. But what's his name again? Joe okay. Tinning. Joe. So they dated for a few months, and then they were married in the spring of 1965. So they met mid 1963, and then a year and a half later, nice, were married. 
Why do I feel like this isn't going to go well? It's not going to go well for somebody. <laughs> uh, Mary Beth was once quoted with saying that she only wanted two things out of life, to marry someone who cared for her and to have kids. And by 1967, she had both of those. Oh, good. So their first child, Barbara Ann, was born May uh, 31st, 1967. And once again, there's scarce details on whether this, whether uh, Barbara Ann was like rambunctious as a kid or anything like that. Did they call her Barbara Ann? Barbara Ann! It's possible. Wait, which do you think came out first? I gotta know. I feel like Barbara Ann is very. No, the song? Yeah, I think I feel like it's really early. When were the Beach Boys? Wait, no, don't tip, 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 type. I'll do it on my phone. Let's do a quick, loud tip, type. No. Bork. Barbara Ann, 1965. Oh my gosh, she was, wait, she was, okay, so she. she, Could have been born because, or named because of that song. She named her child after a Beach Boys song? It's possible she was born two years after now the lab tip taps have to stay in. Um, Mary Beth and Joe's second kid, Joseph Jr., was born January 10th, 1970. It's, again, scarce details on the kids. For whatever reason, the sites that I was looking at didn't have a lot to go on. And guess what? A year later, she's pregnant again with a third kid. They need to use contraception. October, this one, this was weird because this uh, this third kid didn't have a... Uh... A name. No, <laughs> she had a name. Um, Dang. Actually, it got a little twist turning around. October 1971, she was pregnant with her third kid, but then uh, Mary Beth's father died due to a heart attack. And this was only the first of many tragedies to befall the Tinning family in the coming years. Well, okay. So there... He's not a Tinning. He's a row. Yeah, but... Right. The new tinnings. Yeah. So Mary Beth and Joe's third kid, Jennifer, was born December uh, 71, so two months after her dad had just died. And then Jennifer would ultimately end up dying eight days later after her birth uh, due to hemorrhagic meningitis and multiple brain abscesses that she had from birth. Um, She never left the hospital. Oh. Bummer. Um, three weeks after that, Joseph Jr., uh, who at this point was now two years old, would return to the hospital um, in January, but would be pronounced dead on arrival. Um, his death was attributed to a viral infection and a quote-unquote seizure disorder. Wait, what do you mean return to the hospital? Because he was just there for like three weeks earlier because his sister had died. Oh, oh, oh. I was like, why was he there in the first place? What do you mean, quote unquote, seizure? Seizure disorder. That's the way that this one, one of the websites I was looking at, described like when epilepsy. It was I guess so. <laughs> that they had, they had quote seizure disorder as uh, one ultimately caused the death along with a viral infection. So now there's only Barbara Ann. Only Barbara Ann. I tried to sing that song. It was not very sing songy. I came out flat. Everyone's gonna hate it, but we're keeping it. Six weeks later. I actually really like that song. It's very fun. I like the Beach Boys. Sorry. Six weeks later. No, Barbara Ann. Don't Bar- say Barbara Ann. It's not. No, not Barbara Ann. 
Four-year-old Barbara Ann oh. is admitted to the hospital after suffering from convulsions. She also has seizures. After being comatose um, for a couple hours, she uh, she passes. No. Her death is attributed to Ray syndrome, which I don't know if you know what that is. Did you Google it, please? I did. Okay. Um, it's raises apparently a rapidly progressive uh, encephalopathy. Huh. It's really proud of myself for getting that out at first time. Yeah, that was great. Um, symptoms include vomiting, personality changes, seizures. Death occurs in twenty to forty percent of those affected with it. Is it genetic? Um, yeah. unknown causes, but oh. usually occur after a recovery from a viral infection. Mm. What's going on in that household that there's viruses everywhere? Who knows? But those that do survive raise um, about a third of the people that survive are left with severe brain damage. Is it current too? Raise? Yeah. I didn't look go look that far into it. I feel like it would be something that's not as prevalent because, like, at this point. A viral infection isn't, like, the end-all, be-all of your life like it used to be. But if it is, now that's something else to be worried about. Anytime you get a viral infection, you could come out with race syndrome. Jesus Christ, Alex. Um, Barbara Ann. So, yeah, her first three kids have died. Pour one out for Barbara Ann. No, don't. We can't. We don't have a... Oh, in your mouth. That's fine. Not on the carpet. I don't know why I cared about her more than the other ones. You like the song? I know. Thanksgiving, 1973. Mary Beth gave birth to her fourth kid. Wait, this is two years after Barbara Ann? One year after Barbara Ann? Mm, boo, 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 looking for the year. Yeah, about two years. Okay, yeah, right, okay. Thanksgiving Day? Thanksgiving Day. Wow. Uh, fourth kid named Timothy. Two weeks later, he dies. Ah! Wow. Mary Beth told, him, told the doctor that she found him unresponsive in the crib and his death was attributed to SIDS. Oh, why does she keep trying to do this? Well, I mean, at some point you're going to have a successful kid, right? Yeah. Uh, this is the fourth one. Yeah, but then like the next... SIDS was a big deal back then, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, it still kind of is, but not as much. Well, now there's that little slogan, back to sleep, belly, tummy to play. So Timothy died of SIDS. Um, and roughly... What notes look weird here? Um, you wrote them. I, I know I, just I did. Them. I am missing his his birthday. It is obviously not correct because <laughs> I have three months later her first fifth kid was born, and that is <laughs> she had a three month long pregnancy. Yeah, I did not write down his uh, his birthday here. Unfortunately, that's okay. She had a fifth sometime kid. after nine months later. Yep, she had a uh, fifth kid, Nathan. He lived to be about five months old when he died. Okay, so five minus September. Was that June? I don't know. August, September, August, July, June. August. May. Sep- I don't know. It's fine. I don't April. know. April-ish. Um, he was, his cause of death was a pulmonary edema. Uh-huh. A discollection of fluid in the lungs. Yep. So, just not doing great jesus this is number five this is number five mm. her uh, wh- has, why isn't her uterus falling out at this point she's had five kids in what like not six years her first kid was 67 her fifth kid was 75 oh. so i thought barbara ann was 71 no that was when May everyone 31st, started dying 67 
Yeah. Barbarian died um, in 71. Sometime between uh, 1975, September 1975, and August 1978, Barbara Ann and Joe, or Barbara Ann and Joe, Mary, <laughs> Mary Beth. Oh, man, can't get past it. Mary Beth and Joe um, expressed interest in being foster parents. So. Oh, a, okay. Well, I mean. Just because your kids die of, like, assumedly genetic diseases doesn't mean you're a bad parent. Yeah, that's true. But, hold on. This is going to make noise. Just right into the microphone. Um, so, August 1978, the Tennings adopt their sixth child. Adopt They're- or foster? They had, they adopted good. Oh. Well, I mean, isn't no in some, not the same at all. Is it foster not adopting a kid? No, it's not Why at not? all. Because the idea is that you then you don't have a kid. I mean, Annie was uh, was adopted, wasn't she? Eventually, but she's also then she a, was in an orphanage. But isn't she also she wasn't a foster kid? She was adopted. Foster is like not permanent placement. Like, I dated a guy in high school who had a foster brother, and then they ended up adopting him. But he just started out as a foster. Okay. So, yeah, I guess that's why I misconstrued them. They often, I mean, not always, but they commonly turn into... Adoptions. Adoptions. Okay. But I also know someone who's fostered, like, three or four kids by this point, but she only has one at a time. It's like, you know, have you ever fostered kittens or puppies or no. know about it? I'm aware of it, yeah. It's the same thing. Okay. Want well, something new every day. G.I. Joe. Is that his slogan? No, it's like uh, learning is half the battle. Or knowing is half the battle, rather. Oh, then what, what, what is... What? what? What did you say then? Learn um, something new. Or... Learning something new. Learn something Why'd new you say G.I. Joe after it? That's basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. Knowing is half the battle. Um, so yeah, she expressed interest in becoming a foster parent. Um, so in the three years and before, like between 1975 and 1978, Mary Breath, um, becomes pregnant again, but then also ends up, um, fostering Michael shortly after he is born. So she, they get Michael, but Mary Breath also just happens to be pregnant at this time. Also happens to be pregnant. This woman has spent a third of her life pregnant. I think there was just concern that maybe they shouldn't be having kids just because the way everything's been going. Yeah, but then I'd have that concern too. She just ends up being pregnant by the time that they also um, foster slash get Michael. Okay. Um. So then he was uh, fostered, adopted, nineteen seventy eight, um, and about four months later, their seventh kid, Mary Frances, was born. Mary Frances at this point. Also, I think I did see some websites that listed it as... No! With an I? Yeah. No! We went over this. God, they don't listen. Mary Beth. Mary Beth Tinning. She probably spelled it with an E. That's my point, is the websites are messed yeah. up. So she, Mary, Beth, or Mary Frances was born October 29th, 1978. Uh, January 1979, Mary Frances is brought to the hospital across the street from where they were living. Wait, what? Oh, brought. brought. You said bought. Brought. Sorry. I was like, what? 
Yeah, she's uh, brought across the street because she was suffering from a seizure. Wait, they live across from the hospital? Convenient. Yeah. It's good work placement, I guess, but you're it's all good extinct. for them because they have a million sick kids. Yeah, and she is a... Oh, nurse's aide. But she, does, she just doesn't work at the hospital that's across the street. But Oh. Anyway, sorry for interrupting. I was just confused when you said bot. Yeah, that was a slip of the That's tongue. fine, that's fine. Mary Frances is brought to the hospital after suffering from a seizure. She was revived. I guess she died from the seizure and was yeah. revived. A month later, she was brought back in and she was in cardiac arrest. And she was revived again, oh, but had severe brain damage. Lord. She would then die two days later after being removed from life support. And the ultimate cause of death, the doctors listed, was SIDS. She was a baby? She three four months old oh man how many dead kids do we have like six six? yeah please tell me that at the end of this wait is this all just unfortunate happenstance i'll have to wait and see you'll have to wait and see mary beth gave birth again good lord woman november 19th 1979 to her Eighth kid, but her seventh biological kid. Right. They need to stop. This kid was named Jonathan. In March 1980, Mary Breath brought Jonathan to the hospital. He was unconscious. Um, <laughs> he, she said she, she found him unconscious, but he was revived. He was kept on life supports for multiple weeks, but ultimately ended up dying. Why is nobody like this family? Looking suspicious? Yeah. Who knows? Because SIDS was a big thing, and... This for, is seven kids. Yep. For a while here, doctors were also thinking that this is like a genetic mm-hmm. disorder, so they can't falter on it. That's when you either have contraception, abstinence, or you get some sort of procedure done so that you can't you have Do it kids. in the butt. Let's listen to this. They listen to rape and murder, so what's wrong with butt sex? Okay. February 1981. Michael, the adopted slash fostered kid, he falls down the stairs and hits his head. That's just a note. And he's taken to the hospital for that. A week later is taken to the doctors. And he's, because he's not waking up, and he ultimately dies. So he bumps his head. And then it's like fine. And then ultimately doesn't end up waking up. One day, and wow. dies. So at this point, the long-suspected theory that all the deaths were some kind of genetic disorder is thrown out because Michael wasn't biological, and he just died under their care. Eight kids. Yep. And early 1982, Mary Beth and Joe, which are now no kids at all, right? Just been through a, like a hell and back. Mary Beth and Joe move out. Of their house into a trailer home. That trailer home soon catches fire, and Mary Beth is looked at suspiciously for having set the fire, but ultimately nothing comes of it. <laughs> and they move back to Schenectady. Cool. August 22nd, 1985, their ninth kid. Oh my god. Tammy Lynn is born. What is it with them in double names? I don't know. Maybe it's the Schenectady way. <laughs> I don't know anybody from there. Um. She is four months old when she is found unconscious with blood on her pillow. And the doctors, after like seeing a 
like getting the whole story this kid's unconscious dead and there's we find Wait, out there's unconscious or dead well she's found unconscious with blood on her pillow and the doctor's like this is really suspicious oh she ends up dying because of it but okay they're like at some point i guess at this point they're finally like nine kids brought in this by the single woman they all die this one has blood on the pillow this is something to like worry about yeah so the doctors call the police yeah why didn't we do that like seven kids ago before Barbara Ann. Yeah, before Barbara Ann died. Yeah. When the other one were a viral infection and then... I don't care. Uh, Jennifer wasn't... Nothing. She never made it home from the yeah. hospital. So. I guess it would have been fair after two. Yeah. So yeah. Police come and take Mary Beth into custody and start asking her a couple of questions about all these kids that have uh, have died. Right. And at this point, Mary Beth signs a document confessing to murdering Tammy Lynn. Just Tammy Lynn, though. Yep. Um, wow. She smothered her. She said she did it because she wouldn't stop crying. Where did the blood come from? I assume, I don't know what happens when you get oh, smothered. I don't know either. Maybe, Maybe she like, broke her nose or something. Yeah, I don't Because know. it's a baby's face. Oh, yeah, her. right. Okay. She wouldn't stop crying? Yep. Um, she, you'd think she'd be used to crying after nine kids. Yeah, you would think, but maybe other kids were good. Wait, besides Barbara unquote, Ann, good. besides Barbara Ann, did any of them live to be one? Um, I have it written in here. Barbara Ann was four. Joseph Jr. was two. Okay. And there was another kid that made it to three. I believe that was Michael. Oh, Michael. Yeah, right. Michael, the foster kid. Yeah, yeah. He was, they got him just after he was uh, born in 1978, and he ended up dying in 81. Yeah, so. okay. Um, but besides those three, six of them didn't make it to one. Yeah, everyone else died in, like, infancy. Right, okay. Do, do, do. Smothered because she wouldn't stop crying. Mm-hmm. Now the police are like, well, that's interesting. Now we got to look at all these other deaths. <laughs> um they yeah so they start looking at all the other eight deaths except for jennifer's because barbara ann or mary beth could not have conceivably killed her because she died of like brain abscesses and stuff i'm getting my nail in there it's really it's really in there you know they make can openers yeah that's just okay wait wait, wait, wait. capitalist waste i don't mean like the crank can opener i mean like a Beer can opener. It's like a. It almost looks like a tick key. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like plastic. And you're like, if you don't want to hurt your manny. Um. So they're asking questions about the eight, other eight deaths that happened under Mary Beth, and she ultimately admits to also killing Timothy and Nathan. Mm-hmm. Um. She says I didn't do any of the other five deaths though. Did she say how she did that, smother? I believe those were yeah, those were also, those were also mothers. Why would she bring them to oh, whatever? Um, we'll get to that. Yeah, I figured. So do do do. She is diagnosed with Munchausen Munchausens by proxy. Oh, so she thinks they're all sick. Well, it's I don't know if she thought they were all sick. I think she was just playing up like, look at all this tragic tragedy that's happening yeah. in my life. Because um, friends and relatives sometimes saw her, like, preening at funerals for her kids and, like, making herself, like, all pretty. 
instead of like grieving. Right. Um, it's also possible that uh, the first the first death that happened under her uh, her care, if you will, the uh, Jennifer's death was like this is something I can live with. I can live with my kids dying because I can like take in all this glory. I thought Jennifer was second. She was the third born, but she only lived to be like eight days old. I know. I thought she was the second death. No, Jennifer, because she was born and then she lives for like eight days, yeah. dies. And then jo- Joseph Jr., like a couple weeks later, three oh. weeks later after Jennifer dies. Got it. So it's possible that she's like, in that three weeks, she's like working up to like, can I kill my kid and live with that? And then I can bask in all this like pity, pity yeah. on me. Yeah. So many free lasagnas. Yeah. She never has to cook a day in her life. It's true. She's had like nine births worth of lasagna. So yeah. And casserole. She was diagnosed with it. She never, she only admitted to those three deaths. She says she has nothing to do with the other five deaths. Who's to say? Six. Aren't there nine deaths? There are nine deaths, but Jennifer. She, oh, she. She didn't kill Jennifer. Right, right, it's... right, 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 right. Sorry. Um. She ultimately makes her $100,000 bail and is released until trial. How does she do that? Who knows how she comes with a, up with 100 k She was a nurse. I don't know if they... Did they ever say what Joe did? He... Oh, he worked at GE. Yeah. I don't know if he made good money working at GE, but who's to say? I don't know. Or did his father work at GE? Mary Beth's father worked at GE. And with Joe. Worked... Joe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mary Beth's trial begins June 22nd, 1987. They have on record a pediatrician saying that Mary Beth dismissed the idea of installing a device that would monitor babies' breathing and heart rate when they were in, like, the crib. So that's, like, reason that she didn't care about the well-being of her kids after so many had died. She's like, I don't want to do anything to watch over my kids. Wow. Um, ultimately, the trial lasts about six weeks. And the jury deliberated for 23 hours over the course of three days. And they convict Mary Beth on the count of second-degree murder for Tammy Lynn. They don't... Um, second-degree? Second-degree murder. Huh. And they don't um, get her on uh, Timothy or Nathan. Even though she said she did? Yeah. Just, they Why? didn't have enough... There wasn't enough evidence to prove that she did, mm-hmm. despite okay. her admitting to it. Right. Yep. Cool. Love um, it. Love every bit of it. During the entire time, Joe is, like, on her side saying she's innocent of all this um he's quoted as saying you have to trust your wife she has things to do and as long as she gets them done you don't ask questions what oh my god if you ever were just like blatantly trusting me i would just be like you stupid or what nine think for yourself eight of your own kids die because (laughs) your wife has things to do and that's fine with you oh my god if you you just trust your wife, she's got things to do. Doesn't matter how they get done, as long as they get done. Yep, she makes she gets lasagna on the table, she gets casserole <laughs> on the table. <laughs> as long as I get casserole, I don't care if my kids die. Oh man, dudes love casserole. That's sexist, but I know a lot of men that love casserole. I don't really think I've eaten much casserole to say whether I do or not. I don't like it. My dad, oh my gosh, my dad is so funny. He's gonna listen to this. He's so funny because sometimes he'll just be like. Sometimes I just want a casserole. Like, you know, you just dump stuff and you cook it and it's delicious and cozy. So my mom and I are like... Like green bean casserole? Yeah. That's the only one that comes to mind. Right. Whatever. Yeah, something like that. So my mom and I are just like... This was, I don't know, I think last year when he was like... Mentioned that sometimes he just wants a casserole. Which, 
hey, mom, maybe you should make a casserole or something for dad. But uh, we were, like, looking at each other, and we were like, we don't really like casserole. And he's like, yeah, but casserole's so nice. And my mom made it sometimes, and it's just sometimes you want a casserole. So, of course, my mom and I were like, okay, we'll make a casserole. You do it wrong or something? No. We did it our way, though, which is my mom and I often pick recipes that are, like, extremely health conscious. Mm -hmm. So we made this casserole, and it was amazing, and he actually really loved it. It was I should find the recipe. It's not like ambrosia salad where it's, like, mayonnaise (laughs) and marshmallows. No. Um, But it was, like, this casserole with, like, there was no cream element or anything like that, and it was, like, baked chicken and green beans and like thyme and chicken broth or something like that but it was so good but yeah anyway that was my side story about casserole if you gotta murder eight kids to get there then that's fine <laughs> um barb or keep saying barbara ann Barbara. mary beth gets uh 20 years to life um she tried to appeal but i'm saying like it wasn't appealing it was not appealing to them. <laughs> um, she's like saying my confession wasn't voluntary. I didn't like I was given under duress or whatever. Duress. Yeah. You've killed eight kids. It's just because you got caught. Boo hoo. Then so she's been serving prison she's time. She's only killed Tammy Lynn Alex. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Let this woman grieve. She attempted parole six times. Until in seven, until in nine, until in eleven, thirteen, fifteen, and seventeen. But all the times the board's like stating that she's like showing this like superficial remorse. Right. There's things where she's like, I like, I don't know what happened to me. Why I killed my kids? I'm like, I have to live with that for the rest of my life. But it's like, it's so sad that that happened. And the variations on that for every time she attempted parole. Um, in August twenty first, two thousand eighteen, Mary Beth was released at the age of seventy six. After she was served 31 years. What is that? 76 round bones. Oh. Oh, he's a man? No. Oh. Um, so the entire time, Joe is there by her side. Oh. What is it called when you go and visit your uh, special friend? Conjugal visit. Yeah. She, there is, like, she has quotes in, um, in some of the articles talking about, like, how... All of his visits just started to get, like, tiring and, like, started, like, wearing on her. Wow. Like, it got harder for her to do it. She didn't care about... She doesn't care about him at all. I guess not. I don't know. Well, I mean, they're both living in Schenectady. Somewhere in Schenectady County. Still. Yeah. She's just trying to live her life. Wait. So, she got charged for only one of nine and admitted to only three of nine? Yeah. And served 31 years. Everyone's hunky-dory with that? I don't think people are hunky-dory. She's just trying to, like, lay low on the article. On some of the articles I read about talking about her getting out and living in somewhere in Schenectady County. And when mm. obviously they're not going to release that. Mm. I don't know if you want to be put it on, like, a register or anything for that, right? Register offenders? I don't know if there's a... There must be... Like a child offender's I list? know that there's a... I know there's sex offenders, obviously. But if you're a registered felon, you don't have to... I think you have to announce that. You do for any job application. I don't know. You know who would know? My mother. She looks up the registered felons slash sex offenders in every place that me and my sisters move to. Nice. Yeah. And some sometimes she 
tells us that there's nobody there. And sometimes she's like, just be careful. And when she says, she just be careful. You. She doesn't tell you anything about it. She's like, no, she's just be careful. Out. Then you're like, oh, there's probably someone in the area. But like, she said nobody up here. Well, that's good. Um, so yeah, she's out. 76 years old right now. Or I guess probably 79. Or 77, rather. Can't have any more kids. Still, maybe no, somehow. No, nobody get... would ever... F- no, no, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, no adoption agency would ever... Um, a little fun fact. She also may have allegedly tried to poison her husband. Uh, Joe. In, um, 1974... Joe Sr. Admitted, was admitted to the hospital for a near-fatal dose of barbiturates. Um, they both say at this time their marriage was kind of on the rocks. And it was like a rough spot for the two of them. And Mary Beth dosed his grape juice. But he didn't ever file charges. His wife's, Your wife's got to do what you got to do. What she's, is wrong with If she's going to take you out, that's what she's got to do. <laughs> she gave me grape juice as long as she did it. Doesn't matter how she did it. It she tasted gave... with, like there was some barbiturates in it or something, but what I don't is, know. What's with Joe? He's just living life. He's just trying to get through. What is wrong with him? Joe. So, 74. About four kids have died at this point. So, maybe that's it. Who knows what their home life was like. I never saw articles talk I about mean, whether she like beat the kids or anything. It's... Also, like, you're cons- constantly living with a pregnant woman. Yeah, but, I mean, he's getting he's getting sex whenever he wants, basically. Yeah, but it's not like sex for fun. It's just like, how many babies can we have? It's like a looking for a world record. Yeah, but, I mean, it's not like he has to live with the babies for very long. And not to say that killing kids is great, but he's not like what's uh, what's that family, the Duggar family or whatever. Oh god, the, like family of That's like sixteen. A whole messed up family. He's gets a wife pregnant. She has a kid. She kills the kid. He gets casserole and lasagna, and then he gets another kid he's nine doing, months later. He's doing it for the green bean casserole. That's literally it. I never, I never saw pictures of what he looks like. I mean, maybe he's. A What'd big she guy. look like? Um. Now she just kind of looks like an old, older woman. Oh. Nothing too yeah. crazy. Right. Not like Catherine Knight, who's like, you don't need to tip tap. Um, I mean, that's that's her now. She just. That's a woman. It's an old woman. Notorious <laughs> BKT. And that's when she went away. Get it? Notorious baby killer tanning. What is it? Tinning. Tinning. Notorious baby killer tinning. I think it's tinning and not like tining, but. Notorious B. BTK. K- no, BKT. Wow. Is that it? That's it. So she's out living in your area if you listen in Schenectady County. I wouldn't recommend a visit, but she might have some casseroles in the freezer. It's possible. I mean, who knows what Joe was doing over the uh, course of 31 years? Yeah, he didn't move on. Nope, he's, his wife's got to do what she's got to do. Jesus. She's got to go to prison for killing a kid. That's... Mm-mm. So that'll do it for episode six. Are you on drugs? We haven't talked about any funny, strange things. Okay. Is this your, is this your first time doing this? Yeah. <laughs> That's half of our episode.
Not actually. Since we already talked about my hike today, I thought it would be fitting that the strange things that folks utter from this week would be something that I overheard on my hike. I mentioned that there were a lot of people that didn't like say hi to me or wave to me or anything like that on my hike. However, there were a lot of people that were on the phone, which was kind of sad. I passed, I would say, at least three or four people that were talking on the phone on their hike. I mean, you can't help when you get a phone call. Yeah, but they were like, it didn't sound like a, like a get off the phone, just like go through the phone call. It was like a whole, I mean, whatever, it's fine. But also I. Also, if you take phone calls when you're outside, Francis is judging you, so. (laughs) No, that's not what I'm saying. But I put away my cell phone except answering like your texts about logistics, about picking me up. And I Snapchatted people once. But besides that, I was by myself, and I put away my phone for eight miles. And I don't know. I just, whatever. Maybe I'm judgy. Fine. But I pass a lot of people on their phones. And obviously, I was going pretty fast because I did eight miles in two hours. So I didn't, like, spend a long time by these people. So I don't know the full context of this conversation. That being said, the one sentence I heard out of one woman's mouth on the trail was, wait, so you're telling me that your Medicare won't pay for your plastic surgery? How old was this woman? Mm, 63. Okay, I was going to say like a 20-year-old girl does not know anything about Medicare probably. No, she was like 60-something. And I'm thinking... What is considered, like, is like (laughs) Botox considered plastic surgery? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's funny to me that she sounded so exasperated that she was like, how dare they not pay for your pr- plastic surgery? Sometimes your wife's got to do things and if she's got to pay for plastic surgery, then. Doesn't matter how, how it gets done. Just matters that it gets done. It was just, it was funny to me. Don't you wish the American taxpayer dollars went to plastic surgery? Yeah, like your plastic surgery. You don't get Medicare. Not yet. Oh, you want med- You want plastic surgery later, though? Sure, why not? You gotta fix all the, the sags. Then I also thought, what if she needs plastic surgery for, like, a burn situation? I mean, that's that, at that point, that's reasonable. <laughs> but I doubt that was it. Um, I was gonna say, the elective surgery, probably not, but if it's... I'm sure they would, yeah. What's the opposite of elective surgery? Non-elective. I don't know. Like, I guess, technically, there is no, like, you need to get plastic surgery. It's, like, it's all elective. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's, like, preventing you from functioning properly. Like, if something's hindering, like, breathing through your nose or, like, if you have, like, a cleft palate, that Mm -hmm. can be painful or something like that. But I don't know. We'll never know. I should have stopped in. (laughs) <laughs> I should have gone by like, what, what kind of plastic surgery? Excuse me, Mel. I run a podcast and... I need to know... I need context. No, it's better without. It's so better without. This way, we just think this woman wants to get like a facelift and her Medicare won't pay for it. Or double D implants. Mm-hmm. For the pool boy. Yeah. Everyone's got a pool boy fantasy. What? <laughs> Everyone? <laughs> Everyone. I just keep associating it with that show, Happy. 
with Chris Maloney because I keep seeing ads for that on the Sci-Fi Channel. You might as well just watch it at some point. I don't want to, but this like old woman is like, "Oh, you're the new pool boy," and I see that ad maybe like five or six times. Also, a day. like in those commercials, I've also never seen that show. He just looks like a homeless man. I mean, he wore like a, a Hawaiian shirt and just looks like disheveled. He is wonderful, though. I'm sure. Don't hate. You've same. never seen SVU? No. <gasps> I'm just saying, like, isn't a typical pool boy fantasy like a young, I don't know. buff, tan guy? You wouldn't want Chris Maloney as your pool boy? No. I would. Sure, I don't know. As long He's as he buff. Clean, as long as he can clean my pool, sure, whatever. He's buff. And uh, if Happy wants to sponsor us, that's totally fine. We're good with that. We'll watch it. We watch sci-fi a lot. I do. You do. Okay. <laughs> anyway, that's that. I hope that uh, plastic surgery comment makes people chuckle. Hopefully she gets her plastic surgery. Uh, yeah, one way or another. Maybe she'll start a kick fund. Or kick fund. <laughs> a kick fund. Combination of the two. What's the other one? GoFundMe. Crowd, crowd Kickstarter. Fund. GoFundMe. Or crowdfunding is a term. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, anyway, anyway. This. So we'll now do it. For episode six. If you liked it, leave a review if you would so please and tell your friends about it so we can... Reach more people with our melodious voices. You, you don't even have to tell your friends. Tell anybody that you know or meet. You know what? Just like we co- like coincidentally walking down a hiking path on your phone, to- just like obscurely talking about a podcast. Just be one of those people in New York City that hands out flyers. And on the flyer, it just says, Sad Tales from Underground Podcast. And that's good with us. I don't care who listens. Talking to you, uh, Ireland and Denmark. Yeah. You know who you are. There's a cat stepping on some paper. Um, we are also available at Twitter and Instagram and also Gmail. We've just been neglecting to mention that. Oh, well. All three of those are Sad Tales Podcast and then at Gmail for the obvious one. Can we help you, cat? Can you not? Um, yeah, so follow us on social media, and where our episodes can be found. I mean, you're listening now. But for people who are new, if you're telling people, they can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podcast Addict, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, Spotify, wherever you want to listen, we are found. So we are accessible to everybody for sure so thank you for listening to us thanks for listening to me singing barbara ann back at it again next week